Hello, my name is Kurt. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at uh, Mariner's Church in Half Moon Bay, California. I'm happy to be with you this, today, and um, I'm so glad that you joined us for this broadcast. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the music today. Our worship leaders work really hard to play and to sing songs that will uh, connect you with God and uh, help you understand His great love for you and to prepare your head and your heart for today's message. Will you pray with me? Hello, Holy Spirit. Thank you for meeting with all of us today. Please encourage us now as we look into God's Word. Guide our thoughts. Build our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the past month, we've been hearing a series of messages called, You've Got This. During these current crazy times, when so much manure seems to be hitting the oscillator, uh, our faith in Jesus prepares us to face these trials with courage. Not because we're so great, but because God is great and mighty and awesome and with us. During the last message, Paul, our lead pastor, uh, uh, said that God's promises lead to life. You, you know what? I tell you, why don't you hit pause on this message right now? Just, yeah, go ahead, hit pause, and go back and listen to Paul's message from last week. It's way better than mine will be today, I, pr I promise you that. Uh, and, no, 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 I'm, I'm really serious. Hit pause and go back, and I, I can wait. I'll be right here. Uh, just go ahead, do that. Seriously, seriously, I'll, I'll wait. I'll be right here. No worries. I'm just going to sit here for a minute, and uh, I can check my Facebook real quick and see how many likes I have so far today. <sighs> All right. All right. Wasn't that good? My favorite part is when Paul reminds us that God's promises are not based on me or on us, but they're based completely on God's character and his attributes. So, uh, welcome back. If, <laughs> if you haven't been paying attention for a minute, uh, good morning. My name is Kurt, and welcome to the message this morning. You know, not everybody feels the same about this season of our lives. While some are struggling, others may not be affected at all. While some have lost work and their finances have been affected, others have been working every day since the middle of March. As some can't handle isolation, Others have been thinking that, that staying from home or working from home has been the best thing since sliced cheese. Extroverts have been crying because they've had to stay at home. Introverts are now beginning to cry because stuff is reopening again. Many in our world are hurting by the effects of racism things that are going on with law enforcement, politics, the economy, education. Others don't care. They, they aren't feeling the same effects, and, and, and some people don't even know what's going on. I went on a hike 
with a guy from our church recently. Grayson and I went for a long walk on the coastal trail along the ocean. And I told him that someday I'd like to, ha- to hike up in the hills along the coast side. And, and he said, okay, next time, let's do that. And I was looking forward to going through Quarry Park in El Granada. It, it's nothing like the flat, paved coastal trail that's really beautiful and easy to walk on. To say that those hills go up is an understatement. As we were walking, and, and, and it, I was hiking, i got to be honest with you, I was hiking, I was working hard, I, I was sweating, and, and I was out of breath, and, and my legs were becoming more and more weak, and, and I was thinking, like, how much, how much clothing can I take off and still be appropriate for being in public? I, I, I looked over at Grayson, and, and Grayson is, a, is an airline pilot. He's a, a retired Black Hawk helicopter crew chief from, from the military. I, I look over at Grayson, and he's walking in stride, and he's got his head, his head up and his shoulders back, and he's smiling, and he's not sweating, and he's not panting at all. He's, there's no effect on this trail on him. And as we're walking, and between gasps of breath for myself, I, I looked at Grayson, and I said, Grayson, I don't think we're walking the same trail. He looked over at me and gave me this great big smile, started walking faster, and honestly, I haven't seen him since. I don't know where he's at. (laughs) Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you're feeling the same. I don't feel like we're walking the same trail. One author wrote, that we're experiencing pain right now from trying to hold on to something that no longer exists. We're experiencing pain as a a nation and as a people from trying to maintain something that has changed. And we don't know where the handle's at. Many people are stuck and don't know how to begin again. I was working on a project in, in, in our home many years ago, and, 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 and I needed to get up into the attic. And, and that's a part of the house that I had never been in before. Uh, I, I knew that the attic access was up in the garage, and so I set up the ladder and I climbed the ladder to get into the, to, into the attic. And, and, and what I didn't understand is that my ladder and my legs were too short to get into the attic. So standing on the very top step of the attic, up, up, up on my tiptoes, I, I opened the attic access and I, I began to, to climb up inside and, and what I realized was that the, the, the access, the hole was, was smaller than, than my shoulders. And so I, I reached one arm in and tried pulling, tried pulling myself up into the attic access and when I got to about right here, I, I got stuck. I couldn't reach the ladder anymore, and, and, and so I was trying to, to pull myself up with one arm, and, and I got stuck. And as I got stuck, I, I wasn't able to pull up, and I wasn't able to get leverage with this arm to push myself out, and, and I, I was dangling there in the garage. And as I began to, to cry, a very masculine call for help, There was no way for me to pull myself through the hole or push myself back out of the hole. I was stuck, stuck. Couldn't go in, 
couldn't go out. Stuck. Stuck. Asaph lived during the reign of David, the king of Israel. His job was worship leader for the whole nation. One historian called him the keeper of Israel's memories. Like our Mark Heath or, or, or Betty Barmore, uh, he led the people of God in, in remembering and singing about God. He wrote several psalms that are still kept in the Bible today. Psalm 77 is one of those songs that he wrote. We don't know what is happening in this psalm, but Asaph writes something that diagrams distress, whether it's personal or if it's national. He is stuck, stuck. However he got there, that's what he is. Stuck, stuck. The first lines of his song, he is crying and he's overwhelmed. He writes, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. His crying grows into searching for God. Praying all night long with his arms reaching up to heaven. A symbol that, that he's stretching for God who seems to be just out of reach. He moans and groans, longing for answers to his distress. His worry causes him to lose sleep, feel rejected, question God's unfailing love. God's unfailing love. He questions God's kindness, God's grace, and even God's promises. He even asks if God has slammed the door on His compassion. With raw emotion, his trouble outweighs his capacity to pray. Overwhelmed, feeling empty, sleepless, searching, his soul finds no comfort. Whether he is experiencing personal or national distress, Whatever he is going through is conflicted compared to what he knows about God's help and love in the past. The louder his crying grows, the more weak he becomes. In frustration, he says, I think of the good old days. When my nights were filled with joyful songs, I search my soul and I ponder, what's different now? I've been reading a, a book by Mark Job. Uh, at the time he wrote this book, he was a, a pastor in Chicago. Unstuck has been a, a great encouragement to me, and I, I recommend it very highly to you. Job writes that I have seen many vibrant, gifted people unexpectedly end up stalled on the side of the road. They are scratching their heads and wondering what in the world happened to them. Often they linger so long in that spiritual traffic jam that their soul drains and their dreams evaporate. In chapter 3, 
he lists seven sticking points that keep people stuck. Isolated living, alone with unhealthy, dark thinking and unresolved issues. Distorted thinking, a bad record that plays over and over again, convincing me of a false reality. Impaired hearing, many sincere people of faith are frustrated by their inability to hear from God clearly. The voices of their own thoughts, their fears, their misperceptions often ring so loud that the calm, soothing voice of God is imperceptible to them. Warped identity. How I see myself and who I think I am will affect my life my faith as deeply as any thoughts I will have. Neglected issues. What I have avoided to address in the past has a huge impact on me now. Blurred vision. Allowing situations to pull me away from the thing that God has called me to do. And deferred beginnings. Everyone comes to a point where they know that they must take the next step forward or remain stuck. This can be a very scary moment when I release my grip and allow everything that I'm holding on to to go free and I choose to trust God. In that moment, I decide to do something different. Inertia is the tendency to do nothing or to remain unchanged. It's a property of matter by which it continues in its existing state of rest or its continual uniform motion in a straight line unless it is changed by an external force. Asaph asks big questions about God's involvement in his distress. He he changes his spiritual inertia by seeking God and asking big, tough questions. Psychology tells us that asking questions can be very therapeutic. All people of faith, women and men, ask these deep questions in Scripture. And God never seems to be offended by our doubts or our questions. He knows that we will grow in faith when when He answers the questions that we have about Him. In asking these questions and expressing His doubt, Asaph finds rest. His crying, searching, longing for answers bring him to, to this resolution. This is my fate. The Most High God has turned His hand against me. But. Now, now, all all I really remember from Bible college is that I need to pay close attention when God says but. Uh, I've circled all the buts in my Bible and I invite you to, to take a moment and when you see that word, circle that word but in your Bible. Because what it means is that God is changing the story. 
in asking these questions. Asaph says, I've given up all hope. God has turned against me. He has left His promises unfulfilled. But, then I recall all that God has done. (laughs) And I remember all God's wonderful deeds. You see, an external force has changed Asaph. Asking questions hasn't done anything for him. Asking questions doesn't change him. Remembering who God is and what God has done and choosing to believe that God can do it again. His focus changes from me-centered to God-centered. Crying, searching, Longing, overwhelmed, moaning, distressed, feeling rejected, feeling forgotten has been transformed by remembering that God's promises are not based on me or us, but on God's unchanging character and attributes. Faith in God brings the relief necessary to overcome whatever I am facing whether it's personal or natural, God has been, is, and always will be faithful to His promises. Not because I'm so great or I deserve it from Him, but because of who He is. Asaph now focuses on God's holiness, on His ways, His miracle, His might, His strength, His wonders, His awesome power. And the list could go on and on and on in the remaining verses of Psalm 77. You know, some people think that that Asaph wrote the first nine verses of this song and, and laid his pen down and walked away from it for a while. Because up to this point, it's equal to a Hebrew country and Western song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's lonely, he's broke, he was without hope, his chariot is out of gas, and his dog died. Yeehaw! But the last verses seems like he's come back and he's picked up his pen and he's finished writing this song years later. The hopelessness that's recorded in the beginning is completely reversed in the ending. There seems to be a redaction, a a new addition, an abridged version. He no longer focuses on the situation, but he returns to write about the character of God. We have seen many attempts to overcome the perils that our nation is facing. Some cause us to cry. Some cause us to cringe. Others seem like they may have the answers and and we find ourselves waiting for the outcome. Humanity says that I, I can rely on myself, that I must rely on myself for these answers. Asaph would seem to say that that's a, an empty promise filled with heartache. Faith says, I have nothing to offer. I must rely on God. 
Religion says that I can work my way, earn my way to righteousness. My good works, my positive thoughts, my my good behavior in general will win me the favor of God and the relief that I seek. What happens if I have a bad day? What happens if my positive thoughts take a vacation? What if God doesn't think that my efforts are good enough? See, the, the message of the cross of Jesus says that God did for me what I could not do for myself. His salvation is a free gift to me, not based on my merit, because I truly have none. My sin separates me from a holy God. In sin, I am stuck, stuck. There is no beginning again. As as much as I try to free myself, I'm going nowhere. When I was hanging from the hole in the ceiling in my garage and my feet were dangling far above the garage floor, it wasn't until my neighbor heard my, my calls All right, I'll be honest. My neighbor heard my cries. (laughs) I was crying. Help! It wasn't until my neighbor came in the garage and pulled me down that I was able to find freedom. I couldn't do it myself. The free gift of God is called the Gospel. The good news. While I was an enemy of God, full of sin and rebellion, He sent His his Son Jesus to pay the price for my sin. Jesus died in my place to bridge the gap between me and a holy God. And His act of love of dying in my place reunites me with God. The free gift of God for me, for you, is forgiveness of sin through the life of death, and resurrection of His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Are you wondering how you'll recover what was lost? Are you wondering how you're going to begin again in this season of life? Asaph ends his song with a very important verse. He writes, Your road led me through the sea. Your path through the mighty waters. A pathway that no one knew was there. God's unseen path of righteousness, of of redemption, overcame, overcame the bondage of slavery. The rebellion of His people false religions, and the the natural material obstacles that stood in their way. You see, God's power has never been limited, it's never been stalled, and it's never been defeated. As you look to begin again, you got this. We got this. Because God's got this. Look to God through His Word. He has a pathway 
that you may have never known was there. Yes, He will direct your finances, your future, your education. Yes, He will show you how to raise your children. Yes, He cares about the condition and the future of your marriage. He will take you through the mighty waters, those challenging times. But what He wants more than all of these is for you to know that His Son died to bridge the gap between you and God. Your sin is separating you from God. Fixing your finances, your education, your future, your children, your marriage, your neighbors, the world is nothing compared to you getting to know God and getting right with God. God's Word tells us that in this world you will have trouble. The world says it's up to you, it's up to me to fix it. But you and I and Asaph, we all know that we can't do that. We're truly powerless. If your current spiritual inertia is separated from God, what will you do today to change your direction? I'm told that a a group of monks pray this prayer every morning. Lord, today I begin again. Yesterday is in the past. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Today is all I have. Take the focus off of yourself. Trust in God. He is holy. Mighty to save. Will you pray with me? God, we have all gone through seasons of being stuck, stuck. Our world is truly one big illustration of what stuck, stuck looks like. We need You more today than we have ever needed You. I pray that Your Holy Spirit will use Your Word to draw us closer to Your Son, Jesus, today. You got this, Father. I pray that we got You. In Jesus' name. Amen.